Morning, sleepy. Guess you want McDonald's for breakfast? Uh, how'd you know? You were sleep humming the McDonald's jingle. I don't know what you're talking about. You just did it. No, I didn't. So, McDonald's? I could use a cafe latte. There's a McDonald's for every morning. Start your morning at McDonald's with a delicious sausage biscuit and savory hash browns for only $1.50. At participating McDonald's for a limited time cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. How do you not hear that? Blog Talk Radio. Lucid's Trust, a non-profit, non-political, and non-sectarian organization on the roster of the Economic and Social Council of the United Nations and concerned with the establishment of world cooperation and goodwill presents Inner Sight with your host, Robert Anderson. He, with Sarah and Dale McKechnie, President and Vice President of Lucis Trust, will discuss philosophical and spiritual topics essential to everyday life. Now here's your host, Robert Anderson. Welcome. Inner sight is simply seeing that which is always present, but not yet fully recognized. You have, within you, the ability to see yourself and the world around you in a new way, with new eyes. So stay with us and together we'll look at the world and ourselves with Inner Sight. Our topic for today is From the Unreal to the Real, Part 2. And I'd like to give some credit to our founder, Alice Bailey. Alice Bailey wrote 24 volumes of literature, and um, the main inspiration for the dialogue that you hear on this show comes from the works of Alice Bailey, as does the following idea. Today, the most ancient of prayers has deep spiritual significance. It is from the Upanishads of ancient India. Lead us, O Lord, from death to immortality, from darkness to light, from the unreal to the real. Last time we were talking about the need to learn discrimination in separating the real from the unreal. Uh, Does this relate to the way we see ourselves and others? Yes, because... um this sense of discrimination, of being able to discern the real from the unreal, applies, I suppose we could say, first and foremost, to the way we perceive ourselves and the way we um, perceive and understand others. The problem is that for a very long stage of the evolutionary journey, the human being has the perception that the borders of his consciousness or of his being stop with his skin, that he is separate from all other beings and that he is in a way a a universe unto himself. And this misperception that we are self-contained units is um, part of the consciousness of being an individual. It's a necessary stage of the way because um, nothing would be well served if we all uh, had simply a kind of herd consciousness or a a mass consciousness. What makes the human being uh, so unique is that he does have a sense, in in embryo at least, of being um, divine. And that sense of divinity begins with the realization that 
I am. I am an individual. I am a, a being unto myself. The problem is that uh, until one awakens to the fact that the I is the divine self, capital S, that is one in all human beings, we have the illusion that we are separate from all others. And that's where we find the, the cause of our suffering and our desire and our blindness. But it makes it it's a very hard um, illusion to break through because in the sense of the physical realm, we are separate. We do ha- inhabit separate individual bodies. And um, everybody else does live separately from us on the level of the physical realm. But on the inner realms, um, there isn't that uh, separation. It's kind of inevitable that we think this way. And it's it's called the great duality because there is this... Um, there is this spiritual part of us, the higher self, the inner self, uh, and then there is the um, incarnated self, the physical part of us, and it, it represents the basic duality which makes up life and life and expression. And But because of the consciousness that we currently have, it's, it's inevitable that we see ourselves uh, in terms of this physical world, I think. And so that's the great um, uh, challenge before all of us is to break free from this um, prison that uh, we're kind of buried in and, and see the uh, real. Well, I think in a way the problem is that um, the human mind for a le- very long stage of the way is sort of going against the tide of spiritual evolution because we are preoccupied with the outer realms that our five senses can contact. Hearing, touch, taste, sight, and smell are the senses through which we grope our way in the world. And those senses only uh, respond to the stimuli of the objective outer physical realm. So as long as we rely on those senses, that tells us that the material realm is real and everything that those senses cannot touch is illusory, dreamlike, imaginary. But <clears throat> if we take the the true definition of the real to be that which is true, authentic, and genuine, that points us toward the inner realm of life, which is called the causal realm from the word cause the origins and the causes of what works out on the outer physical level find their their energy and their basis on the inner subjective level of life. It's intangible. It's uh, not contacted through the five senses, but it is, in fact, the real reality, if we could put it that way. And only when we begin to develop the sixth sense of the intuition which um, enables us to grasp the the inner dimensions of life and to get a sense of the meaning behind the outer form world, do we begin to realize that the the real is on the subjective level, not the not the outer level. I'm not saying that this table isn't real, that this chair isn't real, but there are gradations of reality. How yeah, it's it's it? it's a uh, real. Given the level of consciousness that we are presently uh, endowed with, and uh, 
it's it's right that uh, we we see this this physical chair, this physical table as being real, but when we begin to compare it with uh, what lies on the inner subjective planes, then we see the whole the picture much differently. It, everything is turned around, and what we see is actually upside down. It's uh, <coughs> we see the illusory world, and uh, everything that we can't see uh, belongs to the real world. This isn't a, a new problem. I mean, we talked last week about the um, Upanishads of ancient India being um, from which this um, opening prayer that you uh, gave, Robert, comes from human beings from the, at least the last 4,000 years have been wrestling with this idea of what is real and what is uh, unreal. And uh, the... The Upanishads contain the Yoga Sutras of Patanjali. He was a great early Hindu teacher who wrote down, thus the word sutra, he wrote down some of the laws of the spiritual um, path. And he said that objectivity or tangibility becomes known to the human being through the five senses. But these perceptions deal with effects produced by the subjective life, and they give no clue to the causes or energies which produce them. And that's why our interpretation of what we contact on the outer tangible level is false, and it leads to wrongly identifying with the material outer realm of life as all there is. And it's that that gives us our wrong sense of values that makes us think that we should live and die for possessions and attachments and desires. Yes, it says that uh, seeing reality in every form involves a study of the law of cause and effect. And uh, this is, as you say, it's, it's, it's a matter of learning to see the world in different terms, that uh, uh, life as we know it doesn't arise from the physical world. There is a subjective cause to everything in the in the tangible world, and all all that we see are forms that have been set in motion by some subjective force or some subjective energy, and it goes back to the state of cause, and that that's what we have to learn to to see, and that's why the difficulty lies because you have to learn to use one's inner sense, one's inner eye, the eye of the mind. <clears throat> to see on that level. I think if we take some of these realizations and apply them to that um, initial question of what is the self uh, and what is the not-self, we can realize that we ourselves are an expression of various causes that probably lie far in the past and that are found on the inner levels known only to our soul. And Yet, we are far more than our outer expression through our mind, emotions, and physical body. So is everybody else. When we begin to think about this, it, it helps us to not judge ourselves or others so readily because what we see in terms of expression on the emotional and physical and even the mental levels is not the true being of ourself or of another person. It 
it evokes a sense of love, I think, and of identification when we begin to realize that there's a great deal on the causal level of energies that makes us behave and makes others behave in the ways they do. And we realize that we can't really understand it, but we can be assured that a person is much more than what is expressed on the outer level. It's um, it's as if what we see on the outer level through the personality is just um, a kind of a theatrical presentation. Personality comes from the root word persona, which is mask, and in a way that is uh, what we're doing. We're playing a part, but our authentic being is far more, what, inclusive, more more intangible. For those people who just tuned in, you're listening to Inner Sight. Our topic for today is From the Unreal to the Real, and we're doing part two. A good introduction to the books of Alice Bailey is a compilation of extracts from all 24 of her books. Ponder on this. Well, that's our best-selling book in nearly all languages and can be ordered for $16 from the Lucis Publishing Company. And that's actually a, a discount uh, that's special for this show because um, uh, with the price of shipping and handling be so, being so high, um, uh, that's quite a number of dollars taken off the price when you uh, discount for shipping and handling. So that you're actually just sending us um, a check or a money order for the price of the book. That's $16. Uh, the title of the book, once, ag- once again, is Ponder on This. And you can also find the topic that we're discussing today. Um, uh, you can uh, It's a short version of it, but it'll be a little bit, bit of uh, further um, explan- exploration on your part if you read that section. Uh, you have to mail your check or money order for $16 to Lucis Publishing Company, 120 Wall Street, New York, New York, 10005. Uh, once again, that's 120 Wall Street, New York, New York, 10005, and that's a uh, check or money order, $16, made out to Lucis. Uh, Lucis is L U C I S, Lucis Publishing Company. Oh, and be, be sure to mention Inner Sight, that's the title of our show. Uh, mention Inner Sight, and, and you'll receive uh, the free. The book, uh, the free shipping and handling, you'll get that discounted from the price of the books. But just a little notation, uh, mentioning that you heard about the um, uh, the uh, special on um, on inner sight, and the once again the title of the book, Ponder on This. It's uh, it's one of the first books that I read, uh, one of the first Alice Bailey books, and it's uh, quite a nice cross section of uh, all of the ideas that you find in the 24 volumes, and it'll give you. Uh, uh, some sense of priority as far as uh, what you're most highly interested in uh, as far as going back to and looking at the individual books in greater depth. All the work of the Lucis Trust, including this radio program, is funded by the voluntary donations of people like yourselves who support the goals of the Lucis Trust. Uh, we're not endowed, nor do we have a wealthy benefactor who helps to pay for the program. We depend on the donations, large and small, of individuals. Uh, so please give if you want these programs to continue on the air. Um, and once again, you can uh, send those donations uh, to uh, Lucis Trust, L-U-C-I-S, Lucis Trust, 120 Wall Street, New York, New York, 10005. That's uh, 
Uh, Lucis Trust, 120 Wall Street, New York, New York, 10005. If you'd like the general package of information, we have so many people calling up asking us to uh, explain uh, Lucis Trust. Uh, but if you'd like the general package of information, uh, you'll find out a lot about Lucis Trust if you order that. And probably the best way to order it would be to give us a call on our toll-free number, one 866 Six nine five eight two four seven. Once again, it's one eight six 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 nine five eight two four seven. The easy way to remember it is one eight six six N Y Lucis. Think of one eight six six New York Lucis. Our website, uh, where you can find um, uh, all of the radio shows that we've done. We've got quite a number of them uh, following different themes. Uh, our website is www.lucistrust.com. Lucis Trust is one word, www.lucistrust.org. And our topic, once again, is from the unreal to the real, and um, I'd like to continue with that. Do we have any more to say about that? Yes. The, um, the idea that the, there is a self and a not-self points the way to our inner divinity and the recognition of that. The uh, great religious scholar Houston Smith had an interesting comment that really struck me. He said that everything I do for my private well-being, for my not-self, adds another layer to my ego. And in the thickening of this ego, it insulates me from God. And conversely, he said, every act that's done without a thought for myself diminishes my self-centeredness until finally no barrier separates me from the divine. That is pure Hindu thought because... The, the essential doctrine of um, the Upanishads is basically that Atman, the human soul, is one with Brahman, which is the Sanskrit name for the real, capital R, what we would call God. And um, the realization that we are one with Brahman, we are one with the real, is found only as we pare away all the extraneous superfluous aspects of our outer lives that keep us riveted on the on the outer tangible levels. You had an interesting comment. You put it so well. I don't know if you remember about the need for simplicity. Well, yes, simplicity is the... It, it's, in, um, it's encouraged to... Um, develop one's life in along a more simplified path because that will eventually lead to uh, to a state of synthesis and so uh, the much of, in fact i think it's it's also part of the hindu tradition too is to uh, aim for simplicity a life of simplicity mm-hmm. it doesn't mean to uh, um, oversimplify things but just begin to as you say pare down your life uh, decide what is needed, what is necessary, what is not necessary, and uh, perhaps begin to let go of uh, a lot of the petty things in life that uh, just clutter your life up and um, uh, let go a lot of a lot of it and, and keep your life simplified. And it's it's a uh, a way of Uh, you know, um, what am I trying to say here? To um, peel away the onion, peel away yeah. the, the layers of the onion. Yeah. 
It's uh, the word you use, synthesis, is interesting because I think that ties in with the the uh, realization of um, the wholeness behind the outer diversity of life. The um, belief in the Upanishads that there is but one pervading all things is another way of saying that there's something, some reality that knits together all the diversity, all of the outer variation and differentiation. There is one behind and within all things. And this is what is real and lasting, unchangeable, permanent and timeless. And it's this that we have to seek here on earth, not after death, but now, because in discovering it in the midst of the outer uh, turmoil of life on earth, we anchor a realization that then is that much more available to our fellow human beings. The great uh, breakthroughs of the spiritual seekers, I think, anchor these truths in the in the thought waves that the rest of inquiring human minds can then grasp more easily. It's letting go of the self, the little self, and everything that surrounds the little self and that uh, uh, inflates the position of the little self in mm -hmm. the world and uh, being very truthful with one's little self and say, you should not be at the center of this stage so much and uh, begin to... Uh, look around for ways to direct your energies outward towards the service of other people and that's one, perhaps one of the best ways to um, uh, eliminate a lot of the unessentials in life, I think. It isn't just uh, the great Hindu um, teachers that have discovered this. There was E.F. Schumacher, the... Um, a uh, European um, economist, I guess, and yeah. um, he wrote that classic book, Small is Beautiful. He also um, advocated um, simplifying our lives. So do, does Dwayne Elgin, who wrote the book Voluntary Simplicity, that only in living in a more simplified way can we begin to recognize and discern the real and lasting from the unreal and uh, um, superfluous. It's, um, it's a concept that I think is really needed in our Western life. I think it's one that a lot of people don't pay too much attention to or even appreciate, but it's an essential component of the spiritual path. And we have to realize that uh, just... Uh, the belief system that we have built up over the years and over the many, many lifetimes and brought with us, that this also uh, stands as in the way of, um, of seeing the real because uh, the belief system, whether it be a religious system of belief or a scientific system of belief or a political belief or an ideal, all of these, if taken to an extreme can be uh, as what we call glamours. They, they stand in the way of, they block the way of seeing the real because they, they are part of the unreal. And uh, if we, be, the more we identify with these glamours and untruths and distortions, uh, the more we uh, block 
our progress from ever seeing the real and the higher self. Glamour is a word that's associated with Hollywood and the um, the movie industry, and we just got done seeing the Academy Awards, and that is glamour personified. It's so appealing. It's so it's so enticing to see all the famous Hollywood stars in their beautiful clothes and their jewels in the movies. And when you think about it, none of it is real. But it it seems so real at the time. That's what's so strange about glamour. It's It convinces you that it is urgent, vital, and uh, absolutely necessary to life. Well, yes, and uh, I'm Probably there's nothing wrong with that as long as you can see it for what it is. It's just glamour, you know, and uh, you can you can partake of it and you can uh, enjoy it, but at the same time you should learn to see that there's a lot of unreal reality behind it, and uh, it's it's. Because well, the movie industry is not <laughs> not too into looking for reality anyway. I don't think. <laughs> well, there's an, the the service aspect of this the whole question of discerning the real is probably where we have to uh, return. The idea that in perceiving the inner wholeness behind the outer world, we're contributing to the unity uh, that's so needed if we are to live more correctly and more joyfully on earth with our fellow men, learning to recognize the divinity within all uh, life on the outer realm uh, is a challenge. If you take, for example, a redwood tree, it's a huge beautiful tree. One person who is a lumberjack uh, might look at that tree and see plywood, planks, uh, paper, uh, a lot of money. It's very valuable. Another person uh, of a truly spiritual consciousness might see a real presence, a kind of an angelic or being, uh, a spirit that pervades a tree of that ancient uh, uh, a lifespan. Some of them live for a thousand years or more. They're huge spiritual presences. But if you don't have the the capacity to sense that in inner life within that outer form, you just see something uh, commercially valuable. Everything on earth is of that same potential. We can see it for the inner indwelling reality that in a sense, animates it, even if it seems to be completely static and dead, or we can just perceive it for its face value. And we have the same uh, kind of dilemma in, um, when it comes down to um, our um, ideals, our political beliefs, or our religious beliefs. Uh, it, it depends on who you are and what your uh, um, background is and what your co- where your consciousness lies and that determines the way that we, we look at uh, the world around us and um, so it, it's, a, it's a great dilemma out there for, because and that's what part of the conflict in the world today because everybody sees it differently. I wonder if um, the biblical statement in that light shall ye see light pertains to this whole question of the real. 
in the spiritual light of our expanded consciousness, we begin to see the light that dwells within all form, and we bring more radiance into the world. A good introduction to the books of Alice Bailey is a compilation of extracts from all 24 of her books. Uh, Ponder on this. Well, that's the title of the book, and um, you'll find uh, all of Alice Bailey's themes within that particular book in in, uh, an abridged version, of course. Uh, uh, It's our best-selling book in nearly all languages and can be ordered for $16, which, by the way, is special because that's um, discounted from the shipping and handling. It would be a lot more expensive with that. The way you order the book, just uh, send a check or money order to Lucis, L-U-C-I-S, Lucis Publishing Company, 120 Wall Street, New York, New York, 10005. That's uh, Lucis Publishing Company, 120 Wall Street, New York, New York, 10005. And that's Ponder on this and mention Intersight. Uh, you've been listening to Intersight. Now we would like to close with a world prayer called the Great Invocation. It's a call for light and love and goodwill to flow into the world and into our hearts. Let's listen for a moment to these powerful words. From the point of light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into human minds. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into human hearts. May the coming one return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide all little human wills, the purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center which we call the human race, let the plan of love and light work out, and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth. Sleepy. Guess you want McDonald's for breakfast? Uh, how'd you know? You're sleep humming the McDonald's jingle. I don't know what you're talking about. You just did it. No, I didn't. So McDonald's? I could use my cafe latte. There's a McDonald's for every morning. Start your morning at McDonald's with a delicious sausage biscuit and savory hash browns for only $1.50. At participating McDonald's for a limited time. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. How do you not hear that? Morning, sleepy. Guess you want McDonald's for breakfast? Uh, how'd you know? You're sleep humming the McDonald's jingle. I don't know what you're talking about. You just did it. No, I didn't. So McDonald's? I could use my cafe latte. There's a McDonald's for every morning. Start your morning at McDonald's with a delicious sausage biscuit and savory hash browns for only $1.50. At participating McDonald's for a limited time. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. How do you not hear that?